Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Time. There's nothing more valuable. It's what drives everyone to make the most of every moment. We celebrate living large in the now. In a city where time disappears, we create experiences that electrify the soul and memories that will last forever. We go big, we go all night, and here, everyone is invited. So get loose and get loud. This is Circa. You'll have the time of your life. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hello and welcome to the Arash Markazi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California, 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas, and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 and AM 760 in Hawaii. I'm joined as always by Armani Buckets and Tim Lee. How are we doing? I'm not doing too great. I'm not going to lie. No, <laughs> no uh, so we were just talking be honest, about it be before the show. Yeah, my car got whammed into when oh, it was Lord. a parked car. You know, at least the guy left a note. So that's good. Yeah. Um, but other than that, I'm doing good. That's good. Doing better than Armand. My car is uh, in, in better shape. So, you know, it came in one piece. And this is, by the way, a couple months ago, my car, the same car got stolen, as we remember. So I don't oh, know yeah. what's going on with that. Something with your car. And by the way, it's not like you're driving like a Rolls Royce or a yeah, Bentley or something. Yeah, it's a Hyundai Sonata. My goodness. Maybe All it's right. just not a good look charm. We're not going to waste any time today. We're going to bring in our good friend, the Sporting Tribune's Russell Morgan. Russell, how are you? I'm doing a little bit better than Armand. I know, right? Uh, I feel like that's the common <laughs> that consensus. Is, we are. There we go. We are. That's oh, the standard that we're setting. Yeah, I, exactly. <laughs> I'm, I'm feeling pretty good. Uh, okay, let's let's start with the Kings. I was watching the game last night. Um, they're they're playing well. By the way, I love the white jerseys when they go on the road. As much as I love the black, those those white road uniforms, one of the top five in sports, I think. Okay, uh, your thoughts on the game. Oh, man, incredible game. Um, and I'm also right there with you in the jerseys. I think yeah. the switch from uh, the dark home to white away, I think they should go back. But, yeah, yeah game last night, um, one of the one of the most exciting uh, regular season games in some time for the LA Kings. Uh, national TV on TNT going against the team, against the Edmonton Oilers, with, who has one of the best players, if not the best player in the world, in Connor McDavid. It yeah. was, man, I mean, entertaining game. Kings pulled out the victory, three to one. Trevor Moore, Thousand Oaks native That's in right. Southern California, first career hat trick. I believe he's the first uh, California-born player to get a hat trick for a California team. So that was really cool. Um, he's got a huge following for the for the Kings. Uh, the fans love him. So um, for him to get the hattie last night, that was that was awesome to see. Him. But I mean, it, follow, to kind of follow up from the game on Monday against the Calgary Flames. It was a six-five loss. The team actually played pretty bad. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of poor uh, mental mistakes that were going on and really disappointing to see. So tonight, or last night, they really turned it around. And uh, I think there was 29 block shots, uh, the most amount of block shots they've had since uh, December of 2018. So it was really a tough team effort that, that, that the team showed. And it was, it was cool to see. What is the thought of the fan base again? You you do such a great job post game, you know, like you host the Twitter space. You got hundreds of fans in there. Generally speaking, are the fans happy with what's happening? Yeah, you know what, Arash, it's kind of strange because this season. I mean, last season the the Kings were 
I mean, it was a lot of excitement. This, they exceeded expectations. Not a lot of fans kind of expected them to make the playoffs, and certainly they showed pretty well, taking the Edmonton Oilers to seven games. Um, so coming into this year, there's the expectations were high. Yeah, a lot of fans were have the playoff site um, set again, and, and we're expecting just to kind of go a little bit further in the playoffs. So the start of the season has been a little up and down so far for the Kings. Uh, you, you see some really good performances, then you kind of feel um, some poor performances. So there's excitement still there. The, the fans are loving it. Yeah, we got the Twitter spaces going post-game. I mean, uh, I'm bringing in as many fans as I can to hear what they have to say about their performance for the Kings, and, and it, the excitement's there. So you're just kind of hoping to see some consistency, and that's kind of been the theme uh, for these last uh, 10 or so games. Is you're, you, you know the team can play well when they're playing their, their style of hockey, and you just hope to see it on a night nightly basis, really going forward. Uh, your thoughts on this uh, trip that they have? So they got Canucks tomorrow night. They got the Seattle Kraken on Saturday. Uh, what's a successful trip? Ooh, successful trip. Yeah, this is a, this is a big trip. I mean, the Kings are coming off a four game win streak, all for winning a four game homestand, um, sweeping that homestand at home. Uh, so yeah, you go on this uh, road trip where you're playing all four divisional opponents. Um, you, you started off with Calgary Flames. Unfortunately, that was a 6-5 loss. But then you go into Edmonton and play a, a really incredible game, uh, beating the Oilers 3-1. to one. Um, So now you're left with two more. you got the Vancouver Canucks and the, and the Seattle Kraken on a back-to-back night, uh, Friday night and Saturday night. So these are two big games that are left on the, on the schedule coming up for the road trip. Uh, as far as what I think it would be a successful uh, road trip, I think if you just can find a way to get maybe two more points out of these next two games, uh, these back-to-backs can be tough, especially against divisional opponents. And the, the the Canucks are maybe starting off a little slow, but the Kraken are no slouch. They're they're an expansion team coming into their second year in existence, but they seem to be putting it all together. So I think if the Kings can come out of these next two games with maybe just grabbing two points, maybe one win, uh, two overtime losses, I think uh, a lot of fans would be happy with that. The game that I've circled on the calendar is my Kings versus Tim Lee's San Jose Sharks, which is coming up the day after Thanksgiving Friday. Uh, so we'll see how that one goes. What, to talk about the home crowd, you know, for, for the longest time, they, 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 they sold out. They, 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 I don't know what, what, how long that, that streak was. Listen, post-pandemic, team has not been that good. Where are the home crowds now, and can it get back to the way? Again, when I say the way that, that it was, it didn't even have to be a successful season or team. They packed that place. Can that happen soon? You're, you're so right, Rush. I mean, there were, I, I don't know what the exact number was, but there was a streak going maybe to 100 games or so, even possibly higher. I'm probably yeah. uh, low on the estimate. I mean, they're, yeah, they were selling out. Every game, and, and they weren't even that great of a team. I mean, it was coming off of a couple, cup, cu- couple of cup wins. So, yeah, you have that excitement building there. But even after that, the, there were some uh, pretty tough seasons. So, um, I, the pandemic definitely hurt. I'll, I'll say that. And also, yeah, the team was really bad uh, a few years, like two or three years right before the pandemic hit. So, now you have the pandemic. You have a, a lot of fans maybe a little concerned about going the, to the arena to see hockey. And I think that hurt quite a bit. So, but now, to be honest with you, the Kings are probably the most exciting pro sports team in Los Angeles. I'll yeah. say that. I Low mean, bar. If you're, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. If you're if you're a fan of the Lakers, if you're a fan of the Clippers, I mean the Rams and the Chargers, it seems like all those teams have their issues kind of going on right now. So 
I'm trying to get the LA, I'm trying to get LA sports fans to turn their attention to the LA Kings because if you're if you're looking for an exciting team to kind of get behind and rally behind, get yourself to Crypto.com Arena because there's some really good hockey being played right now in Los Angeles. So I'm expecting this team if they can continue this success, we'll start seeing a, a full uh, building in crypto. So, Russell, I got the number for you. It was uh, November of 2011, stretching all the way to November 2018. 297 straight sellouts for the Kings, almost 300. Again, you know, a couple of years after that pandemic, playoff drought, but still would love to get that team back to where they were. But we'll see. We we need the casual fans, like Armani Buckets, the casuals, to come out. Yeah, Russell, I wanted to ask you about the the Ducks real quick. I know that they are struggling this season. What does the outlook like for them this season? Oh, man, it's, it's tough with the Ducks. Uh, they have such a good, like, youth uh, or young core of exciting players. I mean, Trevor Zegers, is, he's, he was the cover of the EA Sports NHL franchise this past season. He's, he's doing lacrosse goals night in and night out. I mean, just stuff that uh, highlights. So that's a really good player to build around. You have some other really good young uh, young uh, stars that are building there, but that's that's what they are. They're just a team uh, full of young stars still trying to get their feet wet in the NHL. Um, they traded uh, some really good players uh, at the trade deadline last year to kind of build it toward the future assets, look toward the future. Um, Campus Lindholm, Ricard Mc- Raquel, uh, Josh Manson, all these really good uh, players for the Ducks that they kind of felt like they had to get some assets out of. Um, so right now, I mean, it's, I think for the Ducks, for, the, for them, it's their team just that, that needs to look for the future. And, and coming into the draft um, this next summer, it's probably one of the better drafts in quite some time. You have a lot of superstar talent that's going to be available. Uh, there's a name, Connor, Connor Bedard, out there who's everyone projecting to be the next Sidney Crosby, Connor McDavid. So a lot of teams are, are, are we're hearing that, that tank word start to creep into some teams. <laughs> Um, to start the year, and which which isn't a bad thing because I mean, like we see with grabbing a player like Crosby and McDavid, that that can turn your franchise around. So I think for the Ducks, they're they're a fun team to watch. So I'll say that, and that's really all they'll be. But uh, that's not the worst thing for them. I think if they can find a way to get one of those high draft picks and find maybe win the lottery and, and be lucky and grab Connor Bedard, I think they're, they'll have some success in the future. There we go. Um, I wanted to shift it over to the Lakers, and I wanted to start it off with a trivia question to the group. Um, who Who is the current NBA three-point percentage leader? Is that person on the Lakers? No. I, I was going to say, there's no chance. Is it Desmond Bain or Michael Porter Jr.? No. I don't know. No, no guesses. Ooh. Well, I gave you a hint that it's Lakers-related, Lakers I guess. Lakers-related. Oh, it's oh, a former Kyle, Laker? Kyle Kuzma? No. KCP? There you go. KCP. There you go. Yeah. So, K- Kentavious Caldwell-Pope, number one in three-point <laughs> percentage, and obviously all the talk about Rob Palenka and his recent moves. And I'm looking at it, obviously 3-10, and ten, they're not a good team, but you have the Pistons on Friday, the Spurs on Sunday. Is there any hope that they can build some sort of momentum with maybe an easier schedule coming up? Yeah, I think the the first part of the season, everybody was kind of looking towards the Lakers' schedule as being a tough one. I mean, you, you just seemed like each night they were playing a playoff caliber or a team who had just been to the playoffs the night before. So, yeah, if they're going to have, I guess, any hope at maybe salvaging the season, these next few games maybe will be the, the benchmark to see hey, if they can pull out some victories against the Pistons. Um, 
I, I think you can kind of build a little bit more excitement from the Lakers, but I'll be honest, I'm not holding my breath. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, you know, we, we, we talked about Kings and the attendance and stuff like that. And whenever I bring this up, the Clippers get so upset with me, but I really bring it up because I think it's a great deal. The, De- the Detroit Pistons are here in town tonight to play the Clippers. You can go to that game for 10 bucks. I mean, listen, I know Kawhi's not playing, Paul George is questionable, things like that, but I mean, to go to a game for 10 bucks. I'm out. <laughs> wow! Holy smokes, Tim Lee! What, what, what do you say? Look, I, I have a rule where if you're under 500, you should not raise your ticket prices. <laughs> <laughs> so 10 bucks is, is pretty much game with me. I'm fine with that. Is Kate Cunningham playing? Because that... He is, not, he is not playing. That's, yeah, I'm out. He is not playing. What, what are we going to go see the Clippers and the Pistons? Killian no Hayes. Disrespect, to be honest, it's more the atmosphere. I, mean, I love King, Kings games because yeah. it's a fun atmosphere. So whether yeah. they win or lose... And by the way, I had the worst luck with the Kings last year. I went to 12 games. All losses? Not, not only were like the majority of them losses, like they got blown out. Like the, the game against Las Vegas, which was like 6-1 or something mm. crazy like what, that. What is the comparison? Because the Pistons play the Lakers tomorrow. So what's the get-in price? Do That's a good know? question. I will check on that. It might be like 50 or something. Yeah. But it's no coincidence that Arash hasn't attended any Kings games and they're actually competent this year. <laughs> so maybe, hey, Russell, I, I think maybe I, I got to like sit this one out for a little while yeah, yeah, while yeah. That they're playing. By the way, the, the Ducks games are fun too. Now, they're terrible, yeah. but, uh, you know, mm-hmm. the Ducks are not bad. All right, let, let's talk a little bit college football because I'm really pumped about this game this weekend. Rose Bowl, USC, UCLA. I push back because so many of my friends who are Trojans were like, Oh, did you watch UCLA? I'm like, no, I wanted UCLA to beat U of A. I wanted them to be a top 10 team because the best chance USC has to go to the college football playoff is to beat a top 10 UCLA t- team. Now, listen, I'm still not confident in this game. Um, Russell, USC, UCLA, Rose Bowl, regardless of where these teams are, it's usually a big game. This one is significant. Your thoughts? Yeah, man, I'm, I'm right there with you. I was hoping... I've always kind of been a UCLA fan. I mean, I grew up watching um, Deshaun Foster and Reese Jones-Drew, and I mean, I mean, you, you had some really good talent at the um, UCLA football at times. So, but it's just so t- it's it's so sad that they were they had to blow it against U of A. I mean, you even if you're a USC fan, you, you, to have UCLA and USC play against each other, two top ten teams in in the Rose Bowl. I mean, that would have been that would have been incredible for for Southern California football. Um, so yeah, it's still get, it's still going to be a big game. I mean, yeah, like you like you said, USC they have their sights set on the, the BCS. So I mean, yeah. if you can if you can pull this off uh, against UCLA, I mean, I, I, I think they can still make some noise against some of those SEC teams that everyone's talking about. So yeah. This will be a fun game to watch, for sure. So we get the line at Circus Sports. USC favored by one and a half. Essentially kind of like a pick'em game at that point. I mean, the game is at oh, Rose Bowl. Wow. By the way, UCLA sends out this tweet. I don't know if you saw this. So they took down some of the tarps, and they said, Thank you, UCLA fans. This game is sold out. Thank you, USC. Thank you, USC, <laughs> that we actually have some fans going to that game. Now it's sold out, but it's not because of UCLA. By the way, another update for you, Armani Buckets. Lakers-Pistons game tomorrow night $55 oh is the cheap but, but, okay so it's the Lakers bro like that's what, what, do you, what does that mean though okay it's that the means la- nothing it's, it's the Yankees <laughs> it's the Cowboys oh, it's the, like, it means nothing Tim Lee how do you say it means nothing it means nothing 
That's I mean it means we're not fifty-five dollars performance though. But it's it's the name brand. Yeah, it's the I want name brand. So Arash, I want to see how that name <laughs> brand lasts if they're in thirteenth place and it's, it's like it's game still the 60. Lakers. No, I I really don't think so. Not this Their year. Their ticket prices will never drop. Drop. Yeah, we're not in the. We're just bucks. not in the Coliseum anymore. I just I just don't see why people are trying to pay for these VIP seats that just don't exist. If anything, they should be paying people to come watch them. <laughs> but isn't that so weird? Like the Lakers are so bad, but they, they are. still it's hold comical. on to that luster. They yeah. still hold on to that luster. But people will still, I, I don't know what it is. It's the, maybe it's the purple and gold. Maybe it's just LeBron. But even when LeBron's not playing, they're still finding ways to fill those seats, which is, is incredible to me. Because the Clippers are obviously the better team. Oh, yeah. What, so, what? I mean, I don't know. It's, 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 it's crazy that, that they're still able to put butts in the seats there. <laughs> Do we know what the ticket prices dropped to when they went 17 and 65? Listen, if they were 17... <laughs> that was not supposed to be an insult. That was No, 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 question. but was that was Kobe on that team? Uh, yes. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah, well, then uh, the, the tickets tour. never mm-hmm. drop below a certain amount. Yeah. But why? Because it's the Lakers. Why? Because it's Kobe. And then you also asked about TV. Like, why? Again, they did remove them from some primetime games. But generally speaking, you are one of two camps. You are either a Lakers fan or a Lakers hater. You're not in the middle. With the Clippers, you're in the middle. I told you guys. I told Tim the same thing. It don't matter what the Clippers do. It really doesn't. Like, if they're the best team in the league, I think people are talking about them for a moment, but they've never been the best team in the league. The, the, those Chris Paul, B- B- Blake Hare, uh, Blake Griffin, Blake Harris, Blake Griffin. Blake Harris. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Blake Harris from the Sporting Tribune. Comes to Dodgers. Listen, um, they were never a top two team. It, I, I never felt, and Tim, you correct, like, those were good teams. Sure. I viewed them as the fifth best team in the league. I think it's more or less that they've had this hard luck reputation. And I think it's not even that there are haters and lovers of the Clippers. I think they're sympathizers now at this point, right? They're like the Clipper curse, right? Who That's a are real the sympathizers, thing. though? You have Clipper fans. <laughs> and then they, if you're not a, Okay, well, then, I'm, then, one. I'm one. Exactly. Wait, That's Russell, three, explain three this to, one, to me. Raj. No, Russell, explain this to me because you're not a Clippers fan. Why? He's a sympathizer. Why? Why? Well, why? Well, I'll say, I'll say this. So I'm 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 not a big Clippers fan, but I'm not I'm not one to like bash the the, the Clippers faithful or even the Clippers in general. I'm, I'm I'm kind of the same way with like the Dodgers and the Angels. Like I don't view these teams as big rivals. I, I don't see that rivalry. Like, right. I've yeah. grown up I've grown up supporting all of LA sports. Um, so when I see the the Clippers doing well, I'm 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 happy. Like okay. I, I want the Clippers to do well. I mean. Lob City was so much fun to watch. I, I, I used to love watching those teams. I mean, Chris Paul, Blake Griffin, DeAndre Jordan. I mean, uh, who can forget that DeAndre Jordan dunk over, uh, I forget it was Brandon, I forget who it was. But, I mean, yeah, so I think the best thing that the, the Clippers have done for their franchise is, is build a new arena in Inglewood because they need to find a way to get away from that Clippers sh- or that yeah. Lakers shadow in Crypto.com. So I'm really excited to see what happens, but... Yeah, you turn because you turn on sports shows, and it doesn't matter what the Lakers are doing; they're <laughs> always going to be one of the top teams talked about. Now, Arash, I had a question for you because you brought up the national media and yes. or the national games. Um, okay. Did you see Charles Barkley's comments the other night? Did you see it? No, I mean, what did he knock the he, Lakers he, again? He what said, he "Yeah, he did." He said that the Sacramento Kings should get all of the Lakers nationally televised games. I'll okay. take that. Okay, that's fine, <laughs> but they're not because they're the Sacramento Kings. That's also you know? fair. That's a fair yeah. point. That's, that's a, a fair, fair point. point. Yeah. It's just at some point, but like, you guys get that there's something like regardless of what the product is on the field, there's a cachet with the Yankees. The 
Cowboys, the Lakers. Like, there's certain teams that, because of the fan base, but it's twofold. You either have a large fan base, but a lot of people who hate that team. So they'll hate watch them. Sure. Yeah, but I, I want, I, what I'm speaking about is flex scheduling. Like, no, I, I get want it. strict flex scheduling at the point where the Lakers are deceased. I want them to be flexed. My That's goodness. never going to happen. But here's the thing, like, in 2022, like, with, you can watch every game that you want. I mean, if this was 20 years ago, yes, it's like, oh, my God, I'm stuck with this game. I mean, no, no. Generally speaking, if you have a smartphone, if you have a computer, if you have Wi-Fi, like, you can watch what game you want to watch. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, listen. But, but I mean, it's, yeah. it's all, like like Ross said, it's all about the Laker haters. I yeah. mean, yeah. people will tune in to see Westbrook go one for 16. Mm-hmm. They'll want to watch that. That's the thing. It's, yeah, and it doesn't, even, it doesn't even matter who they're playing. I mean, they could be playing... Detroit. The Sacramento Kings, if, if <laughs> yeah, exactly. Detroit, if, if Russell Westbrook's playing and Anthony Davis is getting hurt, like people will tune in just to tweet it out about how much the Lakers suck. That's just how it is. Yeah, I mean, like, so it's frustrating because I want the product on the court to be good, but it's kind of a couple things here. I mean, LeBron when he's playing, people are going to tune in to watch LeBron. They're going to watch. They want to watch superstars play and so they're in a really tough spot where this is very similar to the 17 win team where it's like you got kobe bryant and the lakers but there's 17 (laughs) wins so yeah frustrating russell you're the best we'll talk to you again next weekend my friend that's uh that's all the time we have for the first segment but we'll be back with wwe superstar bianca belair when we come back on the mightier 1090 in southern california the fan in las vegas and the hawaii sports radio network We'll be right back with the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Time. There's nothing more valuable. It's what drives everyone to make the most of every moment. We celebrate living large in the now, in a city where time disappears. We create experiences that electrify the soul and memories that will last forever. We go big, we go all night, and here everyone is invited to get loose and get loud. This is Circa. You'll have the time of your life. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Welcome back to the Arash Markazi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California, 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. Joining us now on the Circus Sports Guest Hotline, one of my all-time favorites, WWE superstar Bianca Belair. Bianca, how are you? I am good. I'm great. How are you? I am good. We are so pumped here. We are kind of beginning the countdown. WrestleMania week. I can't tell you how excited I am for the past, you know, 15 years. I've had to travel, which has been fun. You know, I've been in Florida. I've been in Texas. I've been all like over the place. But finally, we have SoFi Stadium. We have a stadium worthy of the crown jewel. How pumped are you? I'm so excited. Uh, You know, WrestleMania 39, where WrestleMania meets Hollywood and SoFi Stadium, April 1st, April 2nd. So excited to be a part of it. So excited that it's coming. Um, and I hope everyone else is just is excited about it. And if you are, tickets are going to sell uh, this Friday at Ticketmaster. But it's, it's going to be big. It's going to be Hollywood. And, you know, Bianca Belair being the EST of the is going to shine the bright edge 
underdose light. Bianca, it is an entire week, which is one of my favorite things. All my friends from around the world travel here. You got the Hall of Fame, you have Raw, you have SmackDown. Um, I mean, can you talk about that event where it's not just your match, which is I think everyone's going to be focused on, but again, Raw, <laughs> SmackDown, the Hall of Fame. Yes, it's not just, uh, you know, it's going to be two nights of WrestleMania, but it's not just us tonight's WrestleMania. It's a week-long event. Um, we have uh, Friday Night SmackDown as well as the 2023 WWE Hall of Fame ceremony that night. We have NXT Stand and Deliver, and we have Monday Night Raw. And all that's um, taking place at the Crypto.com Arena. And that's all a part of the WrestleMania week. So it's not just two days of WrestleMania. It's a week-long celebration. And, you know, it's just, it's, it's, it's really big. And, you know, fans from all 50 states and all 58 countries, you know, they've already made their plan, plans to come and be in attendance. So it's going to be a week-long celebration, big WrestleMania celebration week. Bianca, Tim here. Uh, you're in your first reign as the Raw's Women's Champion. I wanted to talk to you yeah. about whether or not, because you've been a challenger for such a long time. Can you talk about like the differences <laughs> with the pressures and the responsibilities that this championship entails? Yeah, you know, I was chasing after um, the Raw Women's Championship for, you know, maybe almost a, a year or so until I got it. And now I have it. But, you know, the chase, you're, so you have tunnel vision. Um, I, I just had so much tunnel vision during the chase. And I had one goal in mind, and that was getting back at the Raw Women's Championship. And, you know, when you're chasing after something, you feel like you have nothing to lose. You have everything to gain, nothing to lose. So you're hungry. Um, and, and I think a lot of people think that once you get that title back and you're back on the mountaintop that all the work is over with. But I, I feel like, you know, once I was able to get back the Broadway Championship last, last WrestleMania, I, I feel like the work starts all the way over. And now instead of having nothing to lose, you have everything to lose. And now you have a target on your back and you're at the top of the division and every single woman is coming for you. So, you know, I'm walking around with this target on my back and I have to have eyes in the front of my head and in the back of my head. And now you're carrying the pressure of, you know, being the face of the company and being representation and, you know, just trying to hold it all together. And I'm trying to have a long title reign right now. And, and you know, that's where I'm at right now where I feel like I have everything to lose. And it's a target on my back. And I have this reputation of going out there and showing up and showing out and being a great champion. I'm just trying to uphold that reputation. Speaking of your championship reign, you've had, you know, your last big fight obviously was against Bailey. If you could speak on like mm -hmm. your, most difficult opponents or maybe even like the person that you've had the most chemistry with in the ring? Yeah. You know, the thing about Bailey is, uh, outside the ring. I love Bailey. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I really, really do. She's an amazing competitor. She's one of the best, uh, in the world. She's one of the four horse women. And I do feel like she's one that doesn't get as much credit as she deserves. Um, but I do feel like I have amazing chemistry with Bailey. Every single time we get in the ring, we make magic happen. We've created so much history together. Uh, you know, I had a Hell in a Cell match with Bailey. I, uh, I was a part of the uh, ever first ladder match for a women's ladder match for a title mm -hmm. with Bailey. I just did a last woman standing match in Saudi Arabia with Bailey. So we're, we're we're making having these amazing moments and creating history together. Uh, but I will say we've been going at it with each other off and on for for two years. So she's my most like persistent and annoying competitor, but she really does bring the best out of me. Can you take me back to 2021, Tampa, main eventing WrestleMania, 
That moment with you and Sasha, I play that clip for people who are casuals and maybe not following, and I'm saying the, the emotion that you showed that night, take me back to that, that night. What was that like? That night was so emotional. Um, you know, I've only watched that match back once or twice just because it's so uh, emotionally exhausting for me to watch it back because there was so much anticipation building up for that emotion where we didn't even know if we were going to main event or not. We found out the night before with, with everyone else on Twitter that we were main eventing. And then that day, it was like a, a, a rainstorm, a thunderstorm. Yeah. And the the event was outside, so we didn't even know if the event was going to happen. And so it was a lot of a lot of hurry up and, and waiting. And then all of a sudden, you know, all this anticipation built, and all of a sudden, we were out there, standing across from each other. And in that moment, it was like a whirlwind until we finally, like the first time that I stood still that whole day was when I was standing across the ring from Sasha. And it just hit me like, Wow, we're here. The, you know, the first time two black females are main eventing WrestleMania, and we are here. And um, whoo, I'm just getting chill bumps. Mm-hmm. Go back to it. Uh, I just, I just was overcome with emotion because it was a moment that was so much bigger than just me or her. It was uh, inspiration, representation, and going to go down to history and inspire generations to come. And um, it was just an honor to be a part of it because it could have been anyone in that in that position before us. There's so many women that laid the groundwork uh, before us, and we were there, you know, representing for all of them. So I'm just honored to be in that position. And you know, anyone, any anyone that you ask advice for that's been a part of WrestleMania before, they always will tell you just slow down and soak it in because it goes in goes by so fast. So I'm just so glad that we gave ourselves time to like just stand still for a moment and soak it in. And that moment was so powerful without us even having to say one word or touch each other. That moment was just so powerful. And we were just both overcome with emotion. Bianca, you come from a track and field background. And for those that don't know, I was curious to hear how you got into wrestling and into the WWE. Mm-hmm. Well, for me, you know, my journey's uh, a little more unique than uh some of the others that have been coming into the WWE is changing now because we have an amazing NIL program that's recruiting college athletes. But I didn't really grow up watching um, WWE. My brother did. And I ran track and did gymnastics and soccer and cheerleading and basketball. I played almost every sport in the book. But I was a collegiate hurdler at the University of South Carolina, Texas A&M, and then University of Tennessee. And, um, you know, after my eligibility was up, I was like, I've been an athlete my whole life. What, what do I do without some type of af- athletic component? And so I found CrossFit and powerlifting. And, you know, for the first time I saw, like, these women that had these beautiful muscles and were doing these amazing feats of strength with their bodies. And I was like, that's, what, that's how my body looks. And that's what my body can do. And I started having fun with the sport. I've been athlete my whole life. I was, like, training so hard. And I was forgetting to have fun. So I was wearing these, I was making and sewing these like big elaborate outfits and just using my creativity. And I caught the eye of WWE Hall of Famer Mark Henry. And he was like, whoa, I, I see the athleticism, the charisma, the personality. I see WWE superstar in you. And so he kind of found me. I would say WWE kind of found me. And he was like, I can get you a tryout. I can't get them to hire you, but just go be yourself. And uh, it took me to tryouts. And uh, then I, once I, experience it I completely fell in love with it so um I always feel like WWE is like my soulmate and then I found it I was like oh my gosh this is what I've been looking for my whole life I just didn't know where you were 
I'm glad you brought up Mark Henry because uh, obviously he's like influential with another uh, black female superstar too in Jay Cargill. But I wanted to mention like or ask you actually who you were influenced with, mentored from NXT. And, uh, you know, who do you like give a lot of your credit to creating this like EST gimmick that you've had? Um, I would definitely say that as far as the EST gimmick, um, it's weird. The very first thing that I kind of came up with, it sucks. <laughs> and the EST gimmick kind of came from a conversation with Mark Henry where he was like, you know, what do you, what do you want to be? What do you want to represent? You want it to be simplified. Um, you want to be able to go out there and everything ties into, you know, what you represent without you having to open your mouth. People know what you, you're about. But I was kind of all over the place. And I was like, well, you know, I'm like I'm a multifaceted woman and I, I don't want to just be put into a box and simplify myself. I feel like, you know, I'm not just strong. Uh, you know, I can also do flips. So I'm not just, I'm strong, I'm fast, I'm tough, I'm rough, but I'm not also just in the middle, like I'm the strong S and the fast S, I'm at the top of my game. And so I was just throwing all these things out, like I'm the strongest, the fastest, the roughest, I'm the toughest, I'm the quickest, I'm the greatest, I'm the best. I was like, whoa, wait, all those things in the ESC. Okay, that kind of simplifies the ESC rhymes with NXT, ESC of NXT, and mm -hmm. the ESC of WWE. So that all kind of just came together so naturally. But as far as, um, you know, my mentors, you know, Sarah Motto, she's my very first coach mm -hmm. at NXT. She's the first person that taught me how to do a headlock, a wrist lock. Uh, and there's so many amazing coaches at the Performance Center. But my husband, my husband, uh, Montez Ford, he was, he's one half of the Street Profits. He's watched WWE since being a kid. He's the one person that was like, when I came in, I was like, I don't know the history. Where do I start? And he's like, start with this match. Start with this mania. He would explain to me the, the backstories and the storytelling and really explain to me the, the component of WWE of not just the physical part, but the storytelling part. And he was the one that really, um, I came up with the braid and I was like, should I wear it? Should I not? And he's like, no, wear it because that makes you stand out. So, um, he's really been like a huge part of my success here. We are joined by WWE superstar Bianca Belair. We are petitioning, by the way, for Belair, California to become Bianca Belair, California <laughs> during WrestleMania week. Can't wait for that. Bianca, what is the Hall of Fame ceremony like? I think it's a really cool moment where the past and the present come together. What have those events b b been like? You know, last year was our very first one that okay. I got to attend when uh, they inducted um, The Undertaker. Wow, yeah. And... It was amazing. I have never seen such a long-standing ovation in my life. Um, <laughs> I mean, the Undertaker was out there, and it was like literally a 20-minute standing ovation before he even started his speech. And it would have kept going if he hadn't cut everyone off. But it was amazing. It was like he said, it's, it's a mixture of the past, the present, the future. Um, it's very inspiring. You know, you get to hear these legends, um, the ones that are being inducted into the Hall of Fame, tell their stories, their journeys, and it's inspiring for us as the WWE superstars to watch this, and we can relate to a lot of things that they're saying and seeing their journey, and, and, and now that they're in the Hall of Fame, it's just really, like, something to look up to, and, you know, that's a goal for all of us, and to be able to see them and be a part of their celebration, it's amazing. I know your your whole thing is about being the EST, right? The best. Do mm -hmm. I know this is gonna be a little bit outside WWE, but do the women in the locker room pay attention to like the PWI top five hundred? And if they do, 
do they take any kind of motivation about where they stand? I know Mandy Rose had some choice comments about being ranked in the 20th when I feel, in my personal opinion, I felt like she put up a top 10 year and obviously you're always in the top three. Do people take a little bit of motivation from seeing where they land? I'm not really gonna speak for everyone in the locker room. Um, what I will say is that our locker room, our women's locker room WWE is top notch. One of the, like, the best. Um, it's, our roster is so deep. It's so, we're so talented. We're so diverse. Uh, we can go out there and have an all women's um, evolution pay-per-view. We have multiple women main eventing on a weekly basis on Raw and SmackDowns and mm-hmm. NXT and WrestleMania. And each, every single woman can go in there and have a WrestleMania caliber match on our roster. Um, but but what I will say is that our main focus is going out there and being great representation for women. Um, and, you know, when one, when one wins, we all win. And for me personally, my biggest competition is myself. Um, <laughs> I'm always um, looking to stay in my own lane and competing with myself and, and striving to be, like, seriously, like striving to be the absolute best version of myself and being better than I was yesterday the year before. Um, you know, this year, I feel like this year, I feel like I had a better this year this year than I had last year, even with me maybe being WrestleMania the year before. So I always just focus on myself, and I think that, you know, our roster is full of so much women empowerment, and our biggest competition is ourselves, and that's what we focus on. Well, last few minutes here with Bianca. Bianca, what is it like to perform in a Super Bowl stadium, whether it's SoFi, whether Tampa, Allegiant Stadium, stuff like that? Again, you guys perform around the world, but when you're in front of 70, 90,000 people, what does that feel like? It's uh, it's a hard feeling to describe. Um, definitely every single time you're in a stadium like that, it's always a big WrestleMania type of feel. But to walk out and have 60,000, 70,000 fans screaming, cheering, booing, chanting EST, um, it's, uh, it's like the best high in the world to just be out there and be drawing people in and putting smiles on people's faces. It's like, being a part of the Super Bowl. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, but with pyro and lights and cheers and booze and graphics, it's just, it's, it's something that you can't explain unless you're there. So I highly encourage every single person to grab their ticket this Friday for WrestleMania. Come and experience it yourself. Exactly. Bianca, thank you so much. I'm so excited for you guys to be right here in Los Angeles. WrestleMania is going Hollywood again. Bianca, thank you so much for your time. We appreciate it. Thank you so much. All right, that was Bianca Belair, um, an incredible, uh, you know, performer and um you know she is one of the people that i was really looking forward to talking to you because tim you're right the gimmick is such a key you know because mm. if it, you could be amazing in the ring she's talented track background all that good stuff but you really kind of have to find yourself and she found herself yeah i mean i think she's an inspiration to like not just women but obviously like wrestlers in general i mean you don't want to put a gender tag on something like that, but I think she was like already for a lot of pundits, right? Like wrestling fans and alike, uh, one of the top wrestlers in the world, not just because of technique, but because she has that charisma, that personality that she kind of developed yeah. and has always had within herself. And um, you got to see it fully blossom in NXT. I didn't want to like talk too much about her like no, yeah. development about it too, but I'm, I'm glad that she mentioned Mark Henry because I know he's very influential 
not just with like people of color, but like women in general. He's been a very good scout for talent. Yeah. So yeah, I'm glad that she like touched on it. Yeah. Was there a moment in her development where you saw, okay, she can be a star? Yeah, I mean, like, raw athletic talent, incredible. Like, she was already doing stuff that men could barely do, right? Like, um, she kind of, like, cut down her move list a little bit when she got promoted to the main roster. Promoted is, like, obviously the word that you can think about or whatever. But, like, standing moonsault, she was able to do a lot of the stuff that people were like, oh, my gosh, what would have never seen this from a woman, like, perspective, right? So, already from that standpoint, I mean, she already had the wow factor. It just was a matter of how can she put all of it together, right? Yeah. In the, the WWE, they don't they don't put too much priority on your ability, not just necessarily on your wrestling ability, but they always need to for you to have the complete package. If you're not a character, you don't have the development, you don't have the promo skills. Yeah. For a lot of times, you'll get buried, and she just really just had like the entire package. So like, just not to be too cliche, but that, that was pretty much what she came out of. But I'm just excited that this big event is coming here. And a lot of my friends in sports and traditional sports media tease me, but I said, when you build SoFi Stadium and I went down the list, we'll be in the running for the world cup, the Olympics. And I mentioned WrestleMania and they were like, what? And I said, look at where they hold these events. It is in a Super Bowl venue. And it's not just, again, now it's a two day thing, you know, post pandemic it's it's not just that they have it uh it, two straight nights they sell out two straight nights yeah so uh, but again it's the week-long thing and that's what she was talking about the hall of fame induction ceremony smackdown yeah the raw, raw after the raw after wrestlemania which is like the best raw because again this will be the first one i think maybe you could have maybe said texas but fans from around the world are going to be traveling no restrictions so mm-hmm. whether it's from you know japan uh europe london i mean those are hot crowds like yeah. as they say just because the, those those fans are here on vacation they're chanting they're screaming you've been to a few like what is that week like i mean there's a reason why they that you have that phrase oh it's the wrestlemania of xx right like you, <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's, there's a reason why that's become that kind of like moniker i mean Honestly, the environment is unlike anything you've ever experienced because everything you can hear, you can also feel. Yeah. Right? I mean, you've been on the ground floor. I mean, mm-hmm. I've seen the pictures, right? Like, I've seen <laughs> yeah. the videos. So just to be in that environment is, is almost worth the, the, the price of admission. Yeah. And I mean, the one thing that I would tell people is, you know, again, find a way to experience it. The, the SmackDown Hall of Fame combo, I think, if you want to get the most bang for your buck. Mm. So basically, they have SmackDown on Friday. Uh, they take down the ring, or they, they change the ring into the stage, and they have the Hall of Fame. So it's a long night, but it's a fun night. And so we'll see, you know, who's going to be in the Hall of Fame. We'll see what the matches are and all that good stuff. I'm just excited that that event's coming back to Los Angeles. Years ago, when I was a kid, they were talking about having that, that event at the Coliseum. They didn't, but now that we've built this beautiful SoFi Stadium... Again, home of the Super Bowl, College Football Championship, World Cup, Olympics, and yes, WrestleMania. All right, that's all the time we have for today. Let's do it again soon. Until then, this is Arash Markazi saying stay safe and stay healthy. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hustle for the cash, so it's hard to knock it. Everybody got their own thing, currency chasing. Worldwide through the hard times, worrying faces. Shed tears as we bury brothers close to heart. What was a friend? Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.